welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. We've got some breaking news coming over the Bloomberg terminal when it comes to Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley now saying that Kavanaugh's hearing is going to go forward as planned tomorrow. This after uh, Schumer has been calling for the hearing to actually be suspended or postponed, saying Republicans need to immediately suspend the proceedings related to Kavanaugh's nomination, that coming from Senate Democratic leader Chuck Schumer. So joining us now to bring it all together is Bloomberg Supreme Court reporter Greg Storr to sort of help us sort through all of the the, the fast-moving, well, let's just call it a fire hose of news and information. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So, uh, Amy, the, the latest this morning is that there is a new accuser uh, represented by lawyer Michael Avenatti has submitted a sworn statement to the committee saying that Brett Kavanaugh in high school took part in efforts to get girls intoxicated so that a number of boys could have sex with them. Uh, these allegations are uh, perhaps the, the, uh, the, the worst of any that Brett Kavanaugh has faced. Um, they are certainly coming in at the last minute. Uh, there were, were some questions about whether the hearing would go forward, but as you said, uh, Chuck Grassley has said now it will go forward tomorrow as planned. And we have the statement that Kavanaugh will give to the uh, Judiciary Committee tomorrow. Uh, it has been released. Uh, and in it, Kavanaugh acknowledges um, some behavior in his teenage years, including uh, drinking to excess, but he denies the um, allegations of uh, sexual misconduct. Yeah, this statement uh, tracks very closely with what he said on Fox News the other night in the interview. Uh, it is mostly focused on the, the what's supposed to be the subject of the hearing tomorrow, the, the, the first set of allegations by uh, Professor uh, Christine Blasey Ford uh, about who accuses him and a friend of taking her into a room, and, and she says that Kavanaugh tried to force himself on her uh, and take off her clothes uh, before she got away. The statement does, though, um, you know, talk about uh, you know other last-minute smears, as Kavanaugh puts it, and says that uh, what's going on is uh, quote grotesque and obvious character assassination. What are you expecting to hear tomorrow when they test? I mean, I know, just throw a dart. I get it. But what are you what are you looking for? Well, one of the things that we're certainly going to look for, so, so Senate Republicans have hired a, a sex crimes prosecutor, um, a, a woman named Rachel Mitchell uh, out of Maricopa County in Arizona. Uh, she will be asking at least some of the questions that Republic, during the Republican time. Uh, it will be interesting to see whether the, the, the Republican, all of whom are men, whether the Republicans are are also asking questions of of uh, Christine Ford and Brett Kavanaugh, um, and certainly all eyes are going to be on Christine Ford because we have not heard from her out loud yet. Mm -hmm. We don't know. We had nobody has had a chance to. Uh, you know, see what she sounds like and, and judge her credibility. And that uh, pretty clearly is going to be very import, important both for public opinion and those senators who say they're still unsure how they're going to vote. And we do now have word from a White House a spokesman, uh, a, new, a, a new statement from Brett Kavanaugh on this latest uh, accusation, this third one, uh, with the sworn statement, quote, this is ridiculous, and from the Twilight Zone, I don't know who this is, and this never happened. So, um, Greg, does Kavanaugh make it through or not? 
Boy, Peter, I've given up predicting a long time ago. Um, senators to, to watch are, are the ones that we've always been watching, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, uh, uh, two women who, who support abortion rights and, and have uh, suggested they are concerned about these allegations. And then Senator Jeff Flake, who is on the committee, uh, no big friend of, of President Donald Trump. Uh, you know, they have all sort of collectively said we want to hear from these women. They're only going to hear from one tomorrow, Christine Ford. It will be interesting to, to, to see whether these new allegations and somebody else uh, who is not going to be heard tomorrow, uh, whether that makes any difference in, in, in uh, how those senators think about this. They're talking about the affidavits. They're talking about other people who can actually speak. We're not going to hear from anybody, though, right? Kavanaugh and Ford, and that's it? Uh, correct. At the hearing tomorrow, we will hear from Kavanaugh and Ford. It's, uh, of course, certainly possible that uh, one or more of these women will choose to speak in some other uh, forum. But, but in terms of the hearing tomorrow, it's just those two witnesses. Is there any chance that um, Republicans could uh, acquiesce and allow the FBI to investigate all of this as Democrats have requested? I'd hate to say there's no chance. They've been pretty firm on that, um, and, and they trotted out some video of Joe Biden back during the Clarence Thomas hearing saying that, you know, an FBI investigation is not going to be con- conclusive in that case. Um, and, and Republicans are saying, look, um, you know, FBI investigation is only going to delay this. It's not going to give, give us a clear answer to this. Obviously, uh, you know, things are changing quickly, but f- for the time being, it doesn't seem like Republicans are going that direction. All right, Greg, we got about a half a minute to go. I'm wondering, he get, let's say he gets confirmed, he's seated on the Supreme Court. Is this a cloud that's going to hover over the Supreme Court? I mean, what does this do to people's opinion of the court one way or the other? Yeah, well, I mean... Because it's so partisan. Yeah, it's so partisan, it's getting even more partisan. And if he gets confirmed, you're going to have somebody who, at a minimum, uh, a lot of people in the country are going to thank, lied his way on to the Supreme Court. uh, And certainly that'll take a while to, to dissipate. And that could hurt the credibility of the court. In our last it, 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 it certainly could. And uh, I, I'm, I'm sure uh, Chief Justice John Roberts in particular is going to be very mindful of that uh, as we get this new conservative majority on the court, if that's how it turns out. All right. We're going to keep watching it with you. Bloomberg Supreme Court reporter Greg Storr joining us now in our Bloomberg 99.1 studios here in Washington. Thank you for your insight, Greg. Appreciate it. As Judge Brett Kavanaugh and Dr. Christine Blasey Ford prepare for a Senate hearing tomorrow, President Trump is lashing out again, saying that the Democrats are playing a dangerous game during a U.N. meeting yesterday. It would be a horrible insult to our country if this doesn't happen. And it will be a horrible, horrible (laughs) thing for future political people, judges, anything you want. It would be a horrible thing. It, it It cannot be allowed to happen. Joining me is Arthur Hellman, a professor at the University of Pittsburgh Law School. Arthur, would it be such a horrible thing as Trump claims? Isn't the confirmation process supposed to be about making a decision about whether a candidate is qualified to have lifetime tenure on the courts, on the country's highest court? Sure, it's about that. And the question is, uh, what sort of processes and what kind of accusations are going to be taken seriously and in what way. I think the concern that some people have is the timing, the um, lack of corroboration, and the fact that the uh, regular channels were not pursued by people who had the information. Process is what's particularly important here. 
So, but what happens now? What what should be done now that the process hasn't been followed, as you say, but now these allegations, including there is a third accuser who's come forward. So what should the, the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee do now? I think what the Senate Judiciary Committee has to do is to do preliminary private investigation of accusations and then determine whether uh, those require a further examination either in public or through um, additional private investigation. It's very hard to investigate what happened 30 or 35 years ago, but something, something has to be done so that people have confidence, or as much confidence as people can have these days, that the uh, um, accusations have been um, adequately investigated. So so then, from what you're saying, the committee hearing where it's just going to be Judge Kavanaugh and Dr. Ford will not be able to accomplish that? I don't think so at this point. I, I think yesterday it, it appeared that it would, but this may be the, the first of, of several such hearings, although, as I say, that would depend on what the um, private investigations, by private I mean not part of a public hearing, um, would would reveal. I just want to uh, tell you about some breaking news. President Trump has tweeted about uh, Michael Avenatti and his clients saying that um, he's looking for attention and doesn't want people to look at his past record and relationships, and he's a third-rate lawyer. That's about the latest accusations from Avenatti uh, from his client on Brett Kavanaugh. Arthur, you teach judicial ethics. What's your take on Kavanaugh's unprecedented TV interview? Is that in keeping with the image of the justices? Well, it's certainly not the first TV uh, interview that um, a well uh, sitting justices have done TV interviews. Um, Justice Ginsburg recently has done several. There was actually one many, many years ago now. Uh, with Justice Black talking about his judicial philosophy. So the fact of a TV interview by a judge is is not unique. It's unusual, certainly, for a judge who is a nominee to the Supreme Court to do that. And I, I don't recall any um, offhand by nominees, but there have not been this kind of last-minute accusation. So we're entirely in uncharted waters here. I want to go beyond the hearings for a moment. If Kavanaugh is confirmed and Democrats retake the House, some Democrats have said they will start impeachment proceedings against him based on some of his sworn testimony to the committee. It has been done before, and the political climate with a conservative majority on the court would be heated. What would be the result of those? Well, the first attempt to impeach a sitting Supreme Court justice was in the very early days of the Republic. It was Justice Samuel Chase, and then, as now, there was a uh, bitter partisan divide. Uh, Chase was a Federalist, uh, and the um, Congress had been taken over by the um, the the Democratic Party of that era, Jefferson's Party. So in some respects, it was a, a very parallel kind of situation, a, a change in who controlled Congress and the presidency, and an impeachment effort directed at a sitting justice appointed by the prior president. 
But it was so clear that they were trying to impeach him and remove him from office that that effort failed, and that has been taken ever since as a signal that um, no matter what the circumstances are, you don't try to impeach a justice because of his views on legal issues. Now, of course, this is not what would we be um, ostensibly facing here. The argument would not be that we should impeach him because he's a conservative. The argument would be we should impeach him, I take it, uh, because we believe he, he committed perjury uh, during the process of uh, confirmation to the Supreme Court. So that would be something different, but it would certainly seem to many people to be a kind of payback just as the impeachment of Justice Chase was, was seen uh, and has been seen historically as a form of payback. So now if Kavanaugh is not confirmed, can he just go back to his old job as judge on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals when a judicial complaint has been filed against him related to his allegedly perjured testimony to Congress? Well, those are two separate issues. Certainly he can, and I assume would go back to his Uh, would resume deciding cases. And if you look at some of the other failed nominations, uh, Judge Ginsburg, the other Judge Ginsburg, uh, went back to his job. The closest parallel, actually, is back to uh, the Nixon era. Nixon nominated a judge named Clement Hainsworth, who was voted down based on ethical allegations or allegations of ethical uh, wrongdoing, which, by the way, a number of people later admitted he, that was, he, they probably did not um, treat him right. But he went back, served as a judge of the Fourth Circuit with great distinction for many, many years after that. Now, the separate question is, what happens when a misconduct complaint is filed? And I gather one has been. And Congress has established a, a pretty elaborate process for handling complaints of misconduct uh, or disability. Uh, by federal judges, and the first step is a review by the chief judge of the circuit, which happens to be Merrill Garland. Now, in this particular instance, I believe that Judge Garland will use a procedure that is provided for in the the new rules. He will ask Chief Justice Roberts to transfer this misconduct proceeding to another circuit. All right. Thank you so Thank you so much, Arthur. We will, of course, be looking forward to what's happening tomorrow and talk to you again. That's Arthur Hellman, a professor at the University of Pittsburgh Law School. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.